Hey, this is Jason Cass with Agents Influence Podcast, um, back once again with the Summer of Marketing, and this is our first installment, and I apologize for not being last, uh, last week. You guys may even hear it in my voice um, when we were supposed to. I've got the guest on today is Ryan Hanley, which you guys all probably know because I talk about him a lot, but I was sick, and so I had to reschedule it, and I, I, def- I apologize for that, and obviously maybe it don't sound like me today, but that's what it is. So. I just want to reach out to everybody and, and really just say uh, thank you, and I want to say wow. Um, insurance4play.com, insurance4play.com. The book is a huge success. Uh, Ryan is going to be on here. I hope we get a minute to talk about his his book, Content Warfare, as well. Um, but it's it, we've got uh, a little over a thousand downloads when it comes to Kindle, and we've sent and we've sold a little over 300 paper and hardbacks. And so uh, the reviews we're receiving are unbelievable. The emails that I'm receiving are unbelievable, whether they're good or bad, or you know people telling me they found a typo or whatever. Um, if you've ever seen me read, uh, or I'm not, if you've ever seen me write, you'd understand that there's probably should be a lot more. Um, but I just, read too, read and write. Yeah, thanks. See, this is going to be a fun podcast, folks. So um, I just really do want to thank you. And and what we're going to do is we are going to uh, take a little break and let let you do a little jingle. Stand up for a minute, do a little shake because here we go. <laughs> Hey, this is Jason Cass back. I know you did a little dance. I know it's been about a 13, 14 second little jingle that you did. Um, I'm going to be having some new music coming up in the future podcast, starting with Brent Kelly. So look forward to that. But in the meantime, let's get right to it and let's bring in um, one of the masters of marketing and uh, one of the head lead and the brainchild of the marketing of TrustedChoice.com, Mr. Ryan Hanley. How are you doing, Ryan? I'm good, and uh, and how nice is it to have Brent Kelly back in the in the insurance family? Uh, right. Great producer, great marketing mind. Uh, struck out on his own. Very very happy for him and everything that he's doing at Bizgrizz. And uh, I know he is starting to work with agencies again and coming back to the industry and taking all the value that he has and uh, and helping agencies again. I think it's fantastic. Very excited to have him uh, back in our industry. You are so right. And I asked him what was the main reason. And you guys got to wait for that podcast. It's great. We're going to talk about niche and personal brand. And we're going to kind of weave into that today with Ryan. But yeah, I mean, Brent is just a fabulous guy. And, you know, not only is a great agent and a great consultant and a great, and has so much knowledge, but Ryan, you know this just as well as I, he's a great family man. I mean, just a great citizen of his community. And that's what I admire the most about him. I really do. Yeah, yeah, just, I mean, all around, all around good guy. I mean, he's got four kids, four or five, maybe even. No, he's got four, three girls it's and a, a boy. That's right, four four kids, and I think he goes to church, and he reads. He's like Superman, so uh, yes, uh, I was sad to see him leave, but very happy to see him back. You know, and he said he didn't really anticipate coming back, Ryan, but uh, it, his the phone calls never stopped to him. And the people that he was helping when he was in the industry as the insurance coach have like been so successful off the things he's been teaching them that like they're not even quitting. And it got to the point in time where, you know, why try to blaze this new trail when we already have a trail blazed? And it's his expertise, just like you as an agent need to capture that expertise. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. So Ryan, you've been on um, lots of times, but uh, we've got a lot of new listeners. Um, and so just 
kind of give us an overview of where you were and where you are now. So I actually was an insurance agent for somewhere around eight years, say eight or nine years. I can't remember now. <laughs> uh, then I uh, part part of that I was an agent and the director of marketing for our uh, single location independent insurance agency in upstate New York. Um, the name is the Murray Group. It's actually my wife's uh, family's business. Uh, she works there. Her twin, her brother. And um, and her father. So there's four members of her family, and then me. Uh, and uh, that's kind of I cut my teeth putting the rubber sole shoes on and walking the streets and doing all the things just like anybody else. Um, but I but I wasn't very good at it. Is is part of the deal. Um, so I had I tried to find alternate methods uh, to to market my business. I yeah. I mean, so there is a the Northeast. It has the highest concentration of agents per square mile of anywhere in the country. Um, wow. So, you know, I can see from where I'm – so I'm sitting uh, – or actually, I'm at a standing desk. Looking out my window, I can see two independent insurance agencies just out my window. I'm, I'm standing in, uh, one, you know, the other side of the building from the agency that I used to work in. So it's three independents in like one square mile, and that's the case all over. So if you're a, if I'm going out and I'm prospecting, one, independent insurance agents have been around here forever and it's so densely populated that you know it's hard to come across someone who hasn't bumped into an independent insurance agent before. And as we know, when someone does bump into an independent insurance agent, our system is, is so good that, that oftentimes people don't leave. So, so I found it incredibly difficult to present a value proposition where me at 25 was a better option than one of my competitors at 55 who had been doing this for 30 years. Um, until that was, uh, and, until the day I, I was at a, a networking function, like a, like a chamber of commerce, uh, similar to an eighth grade dance where uh, everyone kind of uh, forms these little circles. You've probably right. seen these mm-hmm. things form. And uh, two, actually, there were two people in that circle that I, that I wanted to talk to. I had actually elbowed my way into that circle on purpose to, to talk to two, two very specific people. And as I got in, uh, it was a mortgage broker and a real estate agent. They were actually talking to each other. And I heard the mortgage broker say to the real estate agent, um, uh, let's, let's just connect on LinkedIn and we'll, we'll finish this conversation. And it was like a light bulb moment for me. I, I, I just, for whatever reason, this thought popped in my brain that said, there are conversations happening in some other place that I have absolutely no access to. And that, that thought just drove me crazy. So, so they actually left the circle. And instead of going over and talking to them, I, I left. And I went back to my office and I started uh, figuring out LinkedIn, learned very quickly that it's the creators that win. It's the people who are creating the content, who are telling their story, who are adding value to a community, who are helping, participating, engaging, who are there and creating content that win attention and ultimately win business. Um, and that has been my goal ever since uh, for my own business and, and now for um, the 23,000 independent insurance agents that make up the big eye. Yeah, you're right. And there's 23,000 agencies or agents? Agencies. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. Because... I don't know how many independent agents are there. I heard 180,000. I've heard 300,000. You know really rough what that is. Uh, I think there are 300,000, approximately 300,000 people that work in the system. Uh, there are somewhere around 170 to 180,000 agents, so producers, licensed, uh, licensed and sell, not just licensed. Okay. Um, that, but those are estimates. Um, 
I'm sure the big eye is a better they, – they do a universal study, and I'm sure they have a, a closer uh, idea of what that number is. But those are – my general understanding is about 170,000 uh, selling producers, including principals, and about 300,000 total employees. So so back in 2008, 2009, um, listeners, I was a part of something called Project CAP, um, which is the Consumer Agency Portal, um, which was the infancy stage of where you know, Ryan is now. And there was around eight or ten of us that read in, uh, met in D.C., and we tried to put this together because we realized that the online consumer was there. And where we started and where TrustedChoice.com is right now is like night and day. It's not even night and day. It's like two different universes. And and I love the way that it's went, uh, that it's that it's expanded and it's grown. And Ryan, I mean, you know, one of the greatest things they ever did, and you know this, um, was was hiring you. I think it was also it was also hiring Chip Basioko as well. I mean, I think Chip has put together an unbelievable team. And um, and why there's been some rocky road, I've loved the uh, leadership of TrustedChoice.com to say, no matter how tough or rocky the road gets, we have an obligation to help the independent insurance agent be found online. And, 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 and am I correct? The only thing they were really kind of missing was the agent outreach. And, and that's where you've kind of come in. And and, and, and so, for just in your standpoint, I mean, what are you doing there that helps the independent agent and helps TrustedChoice.com? So I, I actually am coming up, uh, as of this recording, on my one-year anniversary with the company. I started on August 13th of 2014. This is, we're in late July, I guess you could say. We're recording this now. Um, and when I first started there, I was kind of like a, I didn't really have a position. It was kind of like Chip hired me and just said, come see what you can do. Like, just come try to, you know, we got a lot of holes, see if you can fill some. And the very first hole that I found was, um, was that we weren't doing agent outreach very well. It's trustedchoice.com is an interesting monster. Um, we, so, so the, the common perception of trustedchoice.com, uh, when I first started was that it didn't work, right? People are just like, it doesn't work. And they were angry about that. Um, a lot of people were upset that it didn't work, um, despite not participating, which was which is an interesting dynamic. But um, but and, and at that time, it was working, but it was still growing. So, so what many people have to understand about TrustedChoice.com is that Project Cap, um, for for many different reasons that we don't have to get uh, get get into on this show, um, never actually. Like the, the the original genesis of this thing never actually launched. Mm-hmm. Um, the platform as it exists exists today initially launched in July of 2013. So everything that happened pre July of 2013, you could essentially say didn't actually happen. There were a lot of promises made, and and that's a completely separate regime. And that's why, to your point, um, Chip Basioka was hired and brought in and transitioned out of this old team and into this new team. And there's actually only two members of our current staff that were part of this old regime of what was Project Cap, now TrustedChoice.com. Since the platform's release in July of 2013, I was obviously not part of the company then, the growth in this thing has been unbelievable. So so where TrustedChoice.com gets a bad rap, and I'm not trying to make excuses for it, I'm just trying to kind of give people the the snapshot truth of what is actually happening. Um, In July of 2013, there were 10,000 people coming to the site a month. Most of those were, were direct traffic agents 
who were trying to find out more about TrustedChoice.com, the brand, which is a, a set of principles by which agents are recommended to, to run their business. Um, and we could talk about the brand a little bit if you want to, but uh, most of those were agents. So you're talking maybe five to 6,000 hits a month that are agents, so not even consumers. So when we launched, um, we had a monumental task ahead of us. And in May of 2015, we, we crested 250,000, that's a quarter of a million visitors in one month. Right. So in less than two years, we went from probably realistically 5,000 consumers to probably, if you take out agents, 240,000 consumers a month. That is incredible growth, incredible right growth that for, for that short years. amount of time. Um, so, so that being said, that, you know, I'm not, uh, the, the platform has a long way to go. Uh, so what we do you know, in, in attracting consumers and bring them in and what my primary role was uh, to kind of pull this story around was uh, start doing agent outreach, start telling that story. And we did that with a platform called Agency Nation, which is a free educational resource. Mostly it's just articles and videos and some podcast episodes. Uh, none of which is good as the Agents Influence podcast, but it's our own little... It's not, but it's close, right? Uh, yeah, it's our own little version of, of, of the story. And uh, and it's just a free resource. And um, and that gave us the ability and, and gave us a platform to start to talk to agents and, and help them and better understand. And we're doing better with email marketing and, and some of that stuff and uh, and just doing better with outreach. But we've also dialed in our consumer marketing Um when we started to get close, when we when we crested two hundred thousand visitors in a month, our focus changed from um, from volume of referrals to quality of referrals. And I'm happy to say that last week, an agent in New Mexico signed a uh, contractor policy, which included workers' comp and business auto, uh, for which had one hundred and sixty-two thousand in total package premium. Um, that's a nice account for a $98 a month subscription. He'll be, he'll be ahead of the curve for the rest of his life, especially not only with just the new business, but if he gets a renewal off of it. I mean, yeah. And, you know, and to the listeners out there, I mean, you, you guys know because I talk about Ryan a lot, and Ryan and I are, are really good friends, and it's, and, and, and it's just because we have a, uh, a deep connection to help the independent insurance agent. And I think you guys know that from me, and you know that from Ryan. But I also, I also have to say that, guys, it works. Um, I could probably, to give you three or four, I haven't asked permission for the username, so I won't. I could give you three or four agents just off the top of my head right now that are getting leads. Whether that's five leads a month or that's as high as 15 leads a month, that doesn't matter. The fact is, is these agents are writing those leads. Um, an agent out of South Carolina, which we do a lot of work with with Grow. He actually does some work with Trusted Choice. He does some work with Grow. And... I mean, the guy's numbers are off the charts. Um, I just, once again, you want to call me and you want I'll put you in touch with him. But I mean, he, he on average is writing anywhere between fifty to $75,000 in business. This is a little personal lines. I mean, this is a little five-man shop. And ever since he's gotten hooked up with TC, Trusted Choice, excuse me, um, .com and, uh, and Grow, he, he just wrote like $110,000 in premium. And this is happening every month. And the hits he's getting, and, and, and not only just the hits, Ryan, I mean, this guy's telling me he's getting quality stuff. 
you know? And not only is he getting quality stuff, but he's out there, they're out there reading what you guys are making and, and the, for what they're searching for. And it's delivering great value that's leading him right to, I mean, why would the, why would the client go anywhere else or the prospect? It's, yeah. Uh, you guys are writing some really good stuff. Aren't you guys like, I don't know. I'm just saying this, but aren't you guys like 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 being found? Are you guys are writing content for like sixteen thousand keywords or something like that? That the yeah, we track a little over seventeen thousand different keywords, and so so the idea behind tracking keywords is it gives you an idea of what people are connecting with. So we have pages that rank for twenty five keywords. We have pages that rank for just one. We have some pages that don't rank for any. I mean, it's not an absolute game. It's not like. Um, you know, you do X and Y absolutely happens. There's there's a lot of work that goes into it in terms of driving traffic and internal linking and um, all the kind of SEO strategies and, and none of that we need to talk about today. Uh, the, and I, so let, I don't want to paint a completely rose-colored picture of what's happening. I don't want to tell you that of the 6,800 leads or referrals that we direct, and I'll, I'll explain the difference between those two in a second, um, that we sent last month in June to independent insurance agents that every, every single one of those 6,800 was high quality, perfect account. That's absolutely not the case. Right. right? Um, that's never going to be the case with anything. So uh, I want to dive into, and this is kind of a, uh, we're going to be talking about this. So anyone who listens to this will see in greater detail this case study. But I'd like to just touch real quickly on, um, on this account in New Mexico. Okay. So the call came in to the agent, work day. And it was uh, a woman, actually the contractor's wife, who handles all the administrative tasks. And this contractor is actually a roofing contractor. So immediately, roofing contractor, uh, a lot of agents would say, no, I don't, I don't want to deal with that. Additionally, uh, this woman was calling and said that her renewal date was in seven days. So roofing contractor with a renewal in seven days. Wow, uphill battle. Right, so most agencies would look at that and say, um, I don't, I don't want to deal with this. Bad lead. Click. Okay, not going to give them the time of day. And if you're rolling your eyes or saying or getting offended by me saying that, um, the truth is, I, I have the privilege of looking out over our agency population from a national standpoint. Uh, we record every phone call that comes through our system for quality assurance purposes, and I've listened to thousands of phone calls. So. Um, you know, I am probably one of a dozen people that have as detailed a knowledge of how we operate as independent insurance agents from the standpoint of listening to people do their job when they don't think anyone else is listening um, than anyone else in the business. So I can tell you for a fact that nine out of 10 agents would have taken a roofing contractor with seven days to renewal and thrown them out and said, sorry, we can't help you. But this agent did not. Um, and the issue was that the um, the agent who was currently on the policy, uh, she she the, I heard the woman the woman say on the phone. This is the woman calling the agent say, uh, you know I just am, she her literally words are I'm just fed up. Uh, I've only ever heard from my agent uh, in a in ter- in a a piece of mail that comes with my renewal in it ever since since we signed up with them 4 years ago. So this isn't a roofing contractor that only writes policies during the during the summer months. Um, this isn't a roofing contract that's getting canceled for for loss ratio. Uh, this is a roofing contractor who's fed up with poor service and is looking for a new provider. And uh, if they if the agent had just blown 
this woman off when he first did some of his initial kind of qualifying, which which every agent does and makes complete sense to me, um, he would have never gotten to that part where she said, I'm just fed up. I just, I don't know what it is, but I'm looking at this bill and I'm fed up that I haven't talked to this person in, in four years. And the guy said, you know what? I can help you. And then uh, took the next six days and wrote the uh, liability, which was the policy that was renewing, uh, and, and the workers' comp. That was 140000 in premium. And then uh, on the day that uh, the owner came in to sign those policies, he also brought in his business auto, which was an additional 12000 which they signed two days later. So... Um, my, nice. so what I'm saying to you, what I'm, what I'm saying, and, and this is a, a, a drum that I'm going to bang hard for a long time is that we have to, the, the internet age has ushered in a new way of doing business. Um, no longer is the internet consumer, someone who can't get insurance anywhere else and is just thumbing down the yellow pages for the first agency's name that like resonates with them. These are people who are actively looking for better solutions. There's something wrong. Sometimes it's a sometimes that roofing contractor has 17 claims and it's a piece of business you don't really want. I don't care. But when we're throwing out business just because it doesn't feel easy, that's a big big problem. Um, yeah. Because I think when you look at when you look at why the big five are winning in auto, right? State Farm, Geico, Nationwide, Allstate, and Farmers. Why are they pulling away from us? So just going back to auto for a second, not commercial. Um, I think the reason is we have bought into, as an industry, as an independent agent, I think we've bought too far into the idea that we should only be writing the highest quality business, which completely is packaged on the first call, which is super, ref- which is super referral that we can just sit back and write and we don't have to work hard for. Um, I'm not saying we don't work hard as an industry. We do. I mean, I love this industry as much as anybody else. Um, but I'm worried that we have drank a little too much of our own Kool-Aid. And if you come on to trustedchoice.com and you think they're going to be easy referrals, you're going to be disappointed. But if you come in with an open mind, I guarantee you, I guarantee you I will get you business and create a positive ROI. What's the difference between a referral versus a lead, Ryan? So the reason that we call them referrals and not leads is because uh, leads are distributed. Referrals are when someone chooses to work with you, the agent. So the difference between our platform and every other platform that creates business opportunities for independent insurance agents is that on trustedchoice.com, the consumer chooses the agency and not the other way around. So consumer comes in and they're interested in uh, roofing insurance and they find our page which talks about it and they learn a little bit more about contractors and they learn a bit more about workers comp and on all these pages a little button that says um, if you would like to find an agent to help you with this risk click here and when people do that they are presented with a list of insurance agencies uh, based on uh, first and foremost sorted by uh, locality and then by um, uh, desire to write that business. So local agents who are also interested in writing that type of business. And then the consumer actually gets to click into each agency's profile and learn a bit, little bit more about them. So, you know, do they have headshots? What's their value proposition? What kind of coverages do they write? What carriers do they work with? What testimonials do they have? On and on and on. And then they can choose to pick up the phone or send an email. So in that way, we're not sending a lead 
We're sending a referral. This is someone who has taken time and effort, and in some cases, 30, 40, 50 minutes, an hour, multiple visits to our site before choosing an agent. So when they actually choose an agent, there has been they are invested in the process and they want to work with you, the person who receives that referral. That is an incredibly important defining difference between someone filling out a contact form and us blasting it off to 10 agents who are subscribers. Um, we are doing, we call it our appetite engine. That's actually a, uh, our algorithm we call the appetite engine. And we are constantly refining it to make the experience better for both agents so they get the type of business they want uh, and consumers so that they're matched with an agency who wants to right now. This sounds like a big commercial for trustedchoice.com and it's not why I came on the show or, no. or wanted to come on the show. But I think some of these concepts that, that we're dealing with today are larger than just trustedchoice.com. So this works the same as like if you want to hook up a Google Compare or use an ad harmonics or you're going to buy PPC. These concepts transcend all these platforms when it, in terms of uh, we have to have a more open mind to the type of business that we want to receive. Ryan, can someone get hooked up and start selling or getting um, referrals from Google? So today, no. Okay. Um, the Google, Google Compare, the Google, Jesus. Uh, I sound like my dad. Uh, <laughs> Google Compare... You're going to go to that Google and they'll just give you the answer. Um, so Google Compare right now uh, is in an interesting and precarious position in that um, they're not 100% sure of what they want to be. I, I know with intimate knowledge that they do not want to be an insurance agency, nor do they have any plans or have the scope to be an insurance agency. So that's not what they're trying to do. What they want to be is a pipeline and they want to get peeled off a little piece of every piece of business that is sold. So Google Compare does not does not cost you to receive a lead, which is what it is from Google Compare. Does not cost you to get a lead from Google Compare. However, um, you do have to pay a significant amount for every piece of business that you write. Um, unfortunately, today they are not accepting applications from you know, small, local, even regional independent insurance agencies. Do you see that um, changing? Without giving away too much, let's say that I'm doing everything I possibly can in my power, and I know Chip is as well, to make sure that that happens. But as of okay. today, it's not possible. That's cool. And don't you also think that Google got into this game because it's another way for them to collect information, which is what they base their business off of? No. You don't think so? I mean, I... Not that you're wrong or right. I'm just trying to get your opinion. I don't think so. I, I I don't think they got in it for the information game. I think they saw an opportunity, and I think that their goal is to make their goal is to make it so consumers don't have to click through. Right? They don't want people going to what people's websites. Right? Unless you are the absolute best resource for something that they themselves can't provide. Gotcha. So. There, you can you start their funnel right from Google's from a Google homepage. So if you type in Auto Insurance California, there's a decent chance that you're going to see Google Compare on that page, and you can enter your zip code and hit start right from that right from the search results page. No one else can do that. Gotcha, um, gotcha. gotcha. And so, yeah, yeah. So, so I don't think it's a collection thing. I think they see an opportunity where they can provide their customers 
which is every single person who uses Google, with a better insurance comparison experience than anybody else. So turning the switch here for a minute. So we have Trusted Choice, we have Google, we have all these different things that are trying to drive us quote unquote leads and or referrals. But let's just say that an agent is small, the agent is new starting, he doesn't have a lot of money, maybe he doesn't necessarily, you know, he understands the consumer's changing in marketing, but that's not the route he wants to go and he wants to create his own brand and image. Now, once again, to all the listeners, we're going to be discussing this in detail uh, when we bring Brent Kelly on. But I want to just kind of hit on that because when we discover whatever brand or message or, you know, the brand or the niche that we want to be um, by listening to Brent, there comes a point that we actually have to put that into action, Ryan. And we have to start saying to ourselves, like, this is going to be the way I'm going to communicate. What's my message going to be? How's that going to be? And I know you talk about value and story and everything's in the story and that's where the value is. Give us a little little, t- little taste of that. Let us, let us taste the vinegar of, of what you mean um, when you're talking about story and value all the time. So uh, let me preface this by saying if I was starting my own agency today, <clears throat> which I have considered, um, I would do two things. I would have a very high quality website that looked professional and I would spend money on it. Um, three to five grand. I would make it look very professional because when someone came to my website, I would want them to think nothing other than this is the absolute right person for me and they're going to do an amazing job. That's what I would want. Okay. Um, okay. So that's one. Second thing I would do is budget off a piece of uh, of money, and I would spend it on PPC ads. And I would run. I would have someone manage it for me, and I would run PPC ads at whatever target market I wanted to write. Now, time and out. That's, time out. Time out. Let's get real quick on that. Budget a piece of money. What yep. would you say? I mean, it depends on the agency, the geographic, what you're going after, what's the term. But what, I mean, if I'm an agent out there and I'm like, hey, I've been thinking about doing this. I mean, I've seen agents that'll, that'll get charged $500 or $5,000. No month. less than to five a, grand a month. No no less than five grand a month? Yeah. I mean, I mean that's not thing. realistic. I, I think I think it, I think if you're serious about growing your agency, you have five grand to spend because you'll make it up in the first month. I don't. Dude, you have five grand to spend. I don't You'd make it back in the first month. month. You'd have you'd I'm have the ROI in the very first month. And I'm then not, I'm not saying I wouldn't, but Ryan, I'm also saying that seventy percent of these agents listening to this right now are going to say I don't have five grand a month. They do. They just it's not money that they want to spend. Fair, fair enough. Yes. So what would be? The so there's next? a difference there. There's a difference between not having the money and not wanting to spend the money. Those are two completely different things. I can understand not wanting to spend the money, nor am I saying that's what anyone has to do. I'm telling you what I would do. Okay, okay, I enough. would start an agency today. I would take a niche commercial lines market like professional lines. I would have a really high quality website. Um, we're going to talk about the content that I would create on that website because I'm not okay. just saying I would run ads. Right. But and then I would to get going because content marketing isn't a fast game, right? It's a long burn game. And in, and, in, and in the long term, it's incredibly powerful. There is no denying that, um, you know, the Murray Group still uh, reaps the awards and still builds on it. My sister-in-law has actually taken over some of the stuff and I help her every once in a while. And she's doing a great job. So there is an incredible value to the long burn of content marketing. So website, if, then the pay-per-click, and then what would be the next thing you would do? I would just do those two things. I wouldn't even get into social media. Not if I was just starting. But but, but how are you drawing them there? Obviously with your content. Yeah. 
Yeah, so it would be so basically it would be I mean yes you you would have some social platforms but it would start with reaching out to friends and family. I mean remember you're not going to have when you first start if you're starting from scratch, you're not going to have big numbers. That's why I would say I would invest in PPC at the beginning because um if you spend 5 hours writing a blog post and you don't have any social media and you don't have any clients, so you don't have an email list, you're, you're going to have a struggle to get people to read that. I mean, there's not going to be anybody to read it. I mean, you can then go to some forums and post it, and there's there's different ways to start up. Um, but if we're talking day one, starting from scratch, I have a list of friends and family. I'm going to send that post to you. I'm going to say, hey, here's a really – and we'll talk about what I think that post should be in a second. But um, here's a really good article that talks about why I'm launching this agency, what my mission is, what I'm doing. Um, and I would love it for you to forward it on to anybody else who you think might be interested in it. But – you know, a social media account with zero followers. I mean, I feel the same way with Facebook ads. Right. So if you're interested in diving into Facebook ads, then I would pay somebody like you to do Facebook ads for me and, and run that, you know, run Facebook ads. But I think day one off the ground uh, launching is you got to have, there has to be PPC involved. And not too many people say that because you're asking people I to agree. spend money. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just think you're starting day one, what I personally would do is I would spend money on PVC and I would get new clients in the door and I wouldn't. So now we've got the website, we got the PPC, we got a way to bring people. You're talking about content. Um, what, what would be that first post that you would write? So when we talk in terms of storytelling, um, there, there, there are really two types of pieces. There are two types of content that you create. There is the technical industry type content. So that's establishing your expertise and your authority around a topic. So that would be, you know, again, let's, I'm creating this fictitious uh, professional lines agency. I would be diving deep into um, different things about, about uh, the perfect, you know, what professional lines is, how the different coverages impact people. You know, so when someone comes and pokes around, they read it and they go, this guy or girl knows their stuff, right? That's, Mm -hmm. that's the technical type of content. Very, very important. Um, and you, you need to have that. You have to have it. I agree. But the stuff that's going to create a better impact, but really, so really that content is just social validation. No one is going to try to teach themselves how to purchase a professional liability policy. Really all they're going to learn is, <laughs> this is way too complex for me to do myself. I need someone to help me, okay? It's really, that's just validation. That's just, that's just validating your authority on a topic. That's what that type of content is. Love that. The content okay. that's going to get them to choose your business is what I like to call the human side of the story or, or business storytelling. And uh, business storytelling can be broken down into three buckets of content. Think of it as three circles where uh, if you kind of mesh them together, where they all cross and overlap would be your story. So here's the three circles. Um, company, client, and community. Okay, So I'm going to break down uh, what each one of these is. Client or company is you. Why did you choose to start this business? Starting an insurance agency from scratch. I met a couple guys the other day who were, who I said, uh, I saw them at, uh, this was the Wisconsin State Association, and they had a booth, and I walked up and introduced myself, and I said, hey, what are you guys up to? And they're like, we're a startup MGA. And I was like, there's two words that haven't been said next to each other in a long time. <laughs> um, so I started poking into it, and they just said, you know, they were kind of some, Technical dudes, they had all worked in different uh, different agencies. Some of them had worked together and a couple worked in a different MGA. And they just said, we felt like there was a gap technically. So their shtick was, um, was uh, integrations and being, you know, kind of upping the technology side of the MGA process. You know, 
uh, instead of having to fax in. And, Which and a lot is very of very much needed, really. I mean, it really yeah. is needed. So, so whether you're if you're in work for an MGA and you're saying, "Oh, we do that stuff," I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying they do or they don't. What I'm saying is they perceived a need, and this is, and they started this MGA. That is their company, right? This they they're saying, "Why would you?" You know, put your own money at stake. Why would you partner with these particular people? Why would you choose this particular location? Um, th- these are your company. This is the core of, of who you are and why you do what you do. Very, very important. The next piece is client. Who are the people that choose you? Now, on day one, this may be more wishful thinking, right? So you And you can even say that. You can even say, hey, I have 10 clients. These are the type of people I want to have. Um, and that's completely okay. But who are they? What do they look like? Where do they hang out? Why, and most importantly, why did they choose your business? Or why would they choose your business? Um, There's a common uh, uh, piece of psychology that that we want to work with and use the same products as people who we see as being um, the same as us or what we aspire to be. So let's say... um, well, you know, we'll take an insurance agency. Let's say I run a, a small three-person shop and I see a 10-person shop in the next town. And man, I, I golf with him every Saturday and I really like the way he runs his shop and he just he handles his people well and I, and I admire the way he does things. And I find out that he's switching his agency management system from X to Y. I am going to give Y, unless I'm already on Y, every opportunity. I'm going to say, geez, well, I want to get from three to 10 and this guy is moving to this platform. Maybe I need to be on that platform because I see myself as a similar businessman as this guy over here and I aspire to be what he is. So by by painting a picture of who are the type of people that choose you, other people who see themselves in that mold are like, whoa. I need to be part of this. I mean, Chris Paradiso does this all the time. He takes selfie photos with every client that walks into his office. The reason he does that is one, because he appreciates the business, but two, because he wants other people in the community to see that John Smith does business with him. And if they like John Smith, they're going to come into his office and do business with him. Good so stuff, Ryan. Good stuff. That's client. The last circle is community. And this one is very straightforward. How do you interject? your business into the community you serve. Now, if I'm running a online only professional service or professional lines agency, my community may actually be internet forums or trade uh, association meetings, right? So my community may be flying to Indianapolis to go to a, a professional services conference or, or uh, accountants or lawyers or whatever I'm serving. Um, if it's local Main Street, then it might just be, uh, you know, why did you sponsor the a float in the Labor Day Parade this year, right? That's your community. How do you interject yourself? How do you become one of them, right? The last thing consumers want is to feel like you're above them or different from them. They want to feel like you are one of them and you're the natural choice. So when you take all these different types of content, you mesh them all together, that's your story. So what I would say is, you don't need just one piece of content on the day you launch, but probably three, maybe one from each bucket so that people can read and when they're done with one, they can move on to the next one. So if you have a couple pieces of technical content, a couple pieces of your human story on the day that you launch, you're in a really good place for anyone who visits your website to decide that you are the best option for them. 
Wow, good stuff, Ryan. Great stuff. Really, as all the listeners, I mean, as you're going to be hearing next week with Brent, this is you're going to be able to take what he's giving here, and then we're going to do step by step with Brent of of how he helps uh, agents, you know, really actually put these these practices um, into play. And and keep in mind, guys, we're we're talking to Ryan Hanley, who's not the head of some marketing, or you get a called from you know some some company who wants to make you number one on Google or stuff. This is a guy who's done it. This is a guy who's now making a million and a half dollars a year. <laughs> 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 who's who's actually you know has been seen as this expert and and he's done great things um you know i can't give you all the credit because you do work with you know marty agather which marty agather is pretty cool as well right but you know that so anyways um i i really i really um gosh this was good stuff this was really good stuff so so ryan um really switching back to you for a minute um, because seriously, the, the stuff that you just laid out in the last 12 minutes will take agents enough time to do, so we don't want to overwhelm them because God knows I've listened to you speak millions of times and you have a lot more stuff on that. We'll keep it at that. Let's talk real quick and let's finish this up by talking about uh, uh, the uh, number one New York selling best, uh, best-selling book, uh, Content Warfare. So what is this book about? Uh, why, should, why does it mean anything to agents or someone who's trying to better themselves in marketing? So if you think that, if you believe that anything that I just said isn't complete BS, then Content Warfare is a book that you absolutely should read. It is essentially what I just described broken down into, um, into how you do it, you know? Not necessarily from a, like, post three times a day standpoint, which I think is the most... Here, I'm going to give everyone probably the, the... This is the best thing you're going to learn today. All right. If someone is selling you... Um, social media services, and they say, well, you know, you should be posting at 8 a.m. and 11 a.m. and 7 p.m. every day on Facebook and, you know, stop listening to them. Amen. Stop immediately. There is, so there is absolutely positively no um, for success in blogging, in Facebook, in whatever. Um, and, and, I, and I will tell you God's honest truth five years ago my opinion would have been different on this but mm-hmm. uh, I've been doing this for a while now and I think that uh, my opinions have matured to a certain extent mm-hmm. I'd agree you, with that you post as often you, you agree that my opinions have matured well you did know me five well, years ago yeah so. I did I did yeah. I mean, I <laughs> uh, you could say the same thing about me so yeah go ahead I actually would say that no I'm just playing uh, so, uh, so there is absolutely no template to success um, you post as often as you possibly can, as long as there is value. Mm -hmm. That is the thing, right? If you can post on Facebook once a week and that's all you can do and actually produce value, then that's all you do. Now understand, your results will be limited uh, because you're only posting once a week. But you want to post as frequently as you possibly can. If that's a thousand times a day, God bless you, do it. Post a thousand times a day. If every single one of those posts has value to the audience that you're looking to serve, then you know. think about my fictitious professional lines agency. If I could produce 17 tweets a day that those people just ate up and helped them and somehow made their life a little more valuable or a little more entertaining because I tweeted that, then that's what I should do. If the number is 27, I should do 27. If it's one, then it should be one. Mm-hmm. There is no template for success when it comes to this stuff. It goes for blogging. It comes for emails. It goes for everything. Everyone's like, you should only email once a month because you don't want to piss people off. 
Well, if you're worried about pissing people off with your emails, then your emails are terrible and you need to hire a copywriter to write better emails for you because you should, because I have people lists that I'm on. I'm on email lists that I get an email every single day and I look forward to it. So those people are doing email right. Email is incredibly difficult. I'm not going to say that I have email figured out all the way, but the point is you send out content, you create and send out content as often as you possibly can with the one primer that has to add value to your community. So I don't know how I got off on that tangent, but I'm just fired up this afternoon. So. No, you are fired up, and I appreciate that, and that's why I wanted you to come on. So, I mean, if you guys want to check it out, uh, Content Warfare, it is a fantastic book. I've read it, um, and, uh, you know, it's um, it's it's pretty close to customer services just foreplay as far <laughs> as the awesomeness meter. <laughs> uh, I'll take that. <laughs> So anyways, please, please look out Content Warfare. It is really good. It does get deep sometimes. Sometimes you're going to have to stop for a minute and digest it, right? Even me, myself, who you and I are close, and I I really had to stop sometimes and really think about um, how that's applicable. What I always try to do sometimes is when I'm thinking about these uh, virtual um, value online storytelling, sometimes I have to stop and let it digest and try to think, how does this work in real life just without using this tool? Sometimes it helps me, you know, like really try to figure it out. So, um, I really do, really do appreciate your time. Um, Can I clear up two or three things real quick? Clear it up, bub. First, I do not make a million and a half dollars. I I don't need that getting out. (laughs) I don't want to get anywhere clear near that. Um, two, it was not a New York times bestseller. So I did hit a couple categories for Amazon bestseller, whatever that's worth. But so did you. Yeah. Um, and last, uh, I would agree. Marty Agather is, uh, he makes the job extremely fun. And, um, and he is a uh, co-idea man for, for many of the projects that we come out with. So man, uh, it has been a pleasure man. working with him you know, as well. You know the thing about Marty is he's just a damn good person. That's very true. And that it is just true. is. And uh, and the other thing about Marty that I really like is is he actually filmed me when I walked barefoot across the yes. Mississippi River. So yeah. If anyone's ever seen that, you got to go to my Facebook page back in like October of 2012 or 2013 or something. You should embed that in the show notes for the for the podcast episode. Uh, I will. And Anna's listening to this, so I will have her do that. But yeah, that was that was great. Yeah, um, that was. So anyways, that's cool. A little bitty funny. Ryan, appreciate your time. If there's anybody who wants to reach out to you to find out more about what you do, what you just said, or trustedchoice.com, where should they they reach out to? I am Ryan Hanley underscore com on Twitter. You can hit me up on, uh, by email, ryan.hanley at trustedchoice.com. And if you're interested in the book, go to Amazon, search Content Warfare, and you will find it. Yes, yes, yes. So once again, to um, all the listeners out there, I couldn't do this without you. It's about taking the voice of people like Ryan, taking your voice and the comments that you give back to us and projecting them onto the national stage. Keep in mind, we have an international, like Jay-Z, we have an international audience. Around 270-some people of on our uh, mailing list goes to other countries, Dubai, Australia. Um, just had a guy this morning reach out to me from Taiwan, and he wanted to get my book and for some reason Amazon wouldn't allow him to to leave a review that was kind of crazy so I sent him the PDF version I also want to let you know that if you have been listening to this podcast and I'll, here's how I'll be able to find out if you've been listening this long is that if you reach out to me at Jason at growprogram.com Jason at growprogram.com I am going to send you a free 
audio version, audio book version of customer service is just foreplay. So that's how I know you've been listening this long. Just reach out to me at Jason at growprogram.com. I think it's around six to eight dollars. I don't do a lot of that stuff on the book. I think it's six to eight dollars online or on Amazon or something. But no, you reach out to me and I will send it to you. And I thank you for taking this much time to invest in you, your agency. By investing in you, by investing in your agency in this industry, most importantly, you're investing in your family. And believe me, on behalf of them, they thank you for it. This has been Jason Cass with Agents Influence Podcast, and we are out. Uh-huh.